Welcome, badasses, to the Badass Ladies Club podcast. My name's Laurie, and I'm here with my friend Jessica. Hey, guys. We are so excited to be here with you today. We want you to get on all the socials and like us, follow us, comment, get on the website, and tell us what you think of the Badass Ladies Club podcast. We want all the feedback and the reviews and the five stars. Let's get to this week's Badass of the Week. What do you I say? am so excited about this week's Badass of the Week. Right. We are naming James Vincent the most incredible makeup artist. I love him as so um, this week's Badass of the Week. He is someone I have looked up to for many, many years. Um, James is so cool. He sure is. So not only is he a makeup artist, but we really wanted to call him out for his... Um, company that he has rebels and outlaws yeah james did a really cool pivot with this whole like candle witchy sage you know like moon god sort of thing he's yes. got going on i love it go check out that instagram it's so great but just to brag on him a little bit um he has done film, theater, television, celebrity, editorial, runway, um, product and training development positions for such companies as Max, Stila, Armani, YSL, and Makeup Forever. He has worked with designers Ashton Michael, Charlotte Ronson, and Samantha Pleat. He has worked with legendary musicians such as Lady Gaga, Florence and the Machine, Courtney Love, and Joan Jett is one of his... Um, Joan Jett's all I need to hear. Like, right? all of that other stuff you can one drop his, in my opinion one of his regulars and the Foo Fighters which Dave Grohl if you're ever listening we love you <laughs> I can totally um yeah Dave Grohl my love um he has also worked with Liv Tyler Reese Witherspoon Jane Fonda and Barack Obama he has worked with the legendary photographer David LaChapelle I mean y'all this list that I'm looking at is crazy. And I've met James in person a couple of times through badass, yeah. the powder group and the makeup show. And he's just so wonderful, so knowledgeable and is really committed to developing professionals and, um, is just an advocate. Oh my gosh. We haven't even talked about his advocacy well, I was just about work. To say, yeah, yeah. His big freaking heart, man. Like yeah, he is, uh, he and his husband are so big on advocating for rights for LGBTQ communities. He also is, man, they're just advocates for what's right. And James is not afraid to stand up and get up in people's faces and march and speak out. And he is brave and he is fierce. And that is true of his makeup career, but definitely of his activist career. So yeah, James Vincent. Badass. James, we want you on the podcast and we will be sending you some swag. You so. best believe. Yeah. Uh, so bring it back in. This yes. week's episode is with my good friend, Fawn Monique, who has been patiently uh, waiting on the sidelines while we gush about James. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Hi, Fawn. <laughs> What's up, Fawn? Hi, guys. I am also a huge fan of James Vincent. I mean, he, he is isn't. an amazing, down to earth, humble human. Yes. I, just, I, I love him. It's so and good. Truly a badass recognizing makeup artists is like this special place in my heart with the podcast, but I am so excited to get Fawn on the show today because Fawn and I go back several years. We have worked together in makeup education. We've done runway shows together. Um, 
Fawn's been in the business for as long as I have and maybe longer, you know, 20 years and counting. She has built so many awesome relationships, obviously in her professional world, working with influential designers and creating trends for runways with Naheem Khan and Oscar De La Renta, Fendi and Michael Kors. Like you could name drop all day with what Fawn's been doing in makeup, but really a big driver of getting her on this show right now is what she is doing from her heart. And, um, so Fawn has been working a lot with energy work. She owns the Fawn Makeup Studio and Spa and is doing makeup applications, teaching makeup education and mentoring makeup artists. But she's also been into skincare, energy work, and specifically Reiki working with humans, but with animals. I cannot wait to talk to you about this, Fawn. Oh my gosh. And I'm, I'm like so giddy. Into it. Yeah. I like know. even talking about it because I also do Reiki and have for so many years and have always said like, I love working on humans, but I love working on babies and animals that it is just a different type of uh, energy. And so Fawn has been over the course of 2020 and even before that maybe has been posting about animals that she has been able to work with and do energy work with. And in tribute has been able to get them adopted out a lot of times um, just really doing awesome work with little four-leggeds that are in need so without further ado like let's get into this interview with Fawn because you people need to hear about what she's all about so thank you lady yeah I was going to first talk about how you've trained makeup artists in technical aspects, because I know in the work that you and I have done together, you know, we were in makeup education. So we would go into professional environments and we would teach other makeup artists to do makeup. But you take that to a different level a lot of times where you're training women and men sometimes who want to be makeup artists, how to be professionals in the field, beating the pavement, New York Fashion Week, like this is how you build a relationship with a designer. This is how you get to that upper echelon of makeup artists that are actually making decisions and creating trends. So can you talk a little bit about mentorship at that level? Because it really is a powerful thing that you do with artists. I've watched artists that you've mentored uh, grow into really awesome professionals. So tell us about that. Well, I truly was inspired to like um, get into that world because of the mentors that surrounded me in my career. Uh, a lot of doors were open that I never expected to be opened and opportunities handed to me that I would never even think I was ready for, but somebody believed in me and trusted my um, my craft and my, my reputation and my personality uh, to put me in the ring with these opportunities. So um, I really didn't kind of realize that I was becoming such a mentor until uh, my the people that had been working with me um, started, you know, sharing their experiences with me. And because um, when I look at the team that surrounds me, um, I really think of us all as equals. You know, um, we all have the same responsibility, and that's to get the job done. Right. Um, with mentoring. Yeah, with mentoring, uh, I've been in some tricky situations. I've been in <laughs> some amazing, like breathtaking ex- experiences. So I've always been really open to share those, the good and the bad, with with the people who have been around me, because I think that you could always learn um, from something and uh, from the mistakes that I've made and the like successes I've had. Um, always comes a lesson. So I've always been willing to be very open and share that with everyone. That's beautiful. Uh, tell us, what do you think the most important part of becoming a professional makeup artist is? 
Oh, there's many, many, many sides to that, right? Um, let's see. I think the most important part is being comfortable with yourself, um, being in an intimate space with somebody else, um, personal connection, and being aware of body language and really observing the people that you're working with is crucial in that experience. Um, when somebody sits in my chair, I don't want them just to, you know, be thinking of buying a product. I want them, you know, or thinking about where they're going afterwards. I want them to really just tie into the experience in that moment and being present with me. So it's really about learning who they are and sometimes them learning who I am and building that connection and that relationship. And then further on with that, you know, that trust is built and they respect your artistry and, and reach out to you. Um, that's one of the main things is, you know, per personal connection and respecting that intimate space that you're working with your guests in. Um, and then there's, there's quite a few other ones that I feel like are very, very important to have in your toolkit of being a pro makeup artist. Um, in 2020, most important, it's always been important, but more than ever in this year uh, is hygiene, you know, right. uh, making sure that everything <laughs> is clean and sanitized and it, like beyond belief. Like I've always been very kind of OCD with um, sanitation in my kit. Um, but now I'm even above and beyond that. And anybody that works around me is going to learn that process and, and be that too, because it's so crucial and important. Yeah. You know, I have to give it to makeup artists. I've, I've done makeup. Laurie has been a huge part of the little bit of makeup I've done in my career, but as a hairstylist, I'm mostly standing behind the person yeah. or, you know, so even though it's an intimate experience, I look at makeup artists and you're like right there. <laughs> and, you know, so many people are, um, like self-conscious about flaws and, you know, trying to cover this or cover that, that I have mad respect for makeup artists for getting into someone's face. And that I feel like is a whole nother level of intimacy that hairstylists like, yeah, I may turn a guest around and like be face to face with them and do some work from the front, you know, but, um, that most of my job is standing behind them and doing it, you know, like that, oh gosh, makeup artists to you, like it's all about job. face shield. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Now I, I kind of look like Darth Vader. Right, right. Like yeah, now I'm sure it's a different experience. Totally. Um, so, you know, Laurie and I have always worked for hair salons, but you went out and opened your own space that focuses exclusively on makeup, skin, and energy work. So Fawn, what inspired you to go the direction of ownership as opposed to working for someone else? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, you know, for years and years, you know, I started in a hair salon and um, grew out of that and started being more of a freelance artist. And then from there went to becoming a traveling artist to the point where people never really understood where I was based because I was in so many different places. Yeah. Um, tra travel was like, like just what I did. I was, I was gone more than I was home. And, um, and I love to travel. It's something that really inspires me as a human. And I love seeing different cities, different cultures, just 
getting out of where I live sometimes, you know? Um, so what inspired me really to, to go that route is, you know, my family has always been surrounded in, in family business and I grew up in that. So I kind of had that, that foundation to fall back on, um, that understanding of what it takes to build a business. Um, and I really wanted my freedom of making my own schedule. So I didn't want to give up anything in my schedule that I was enjoying so much. So I was kind of fearful of going and working for somebody and having to ask off, you know, for a week here or there to go and do fashion week or, um, to go and do a remote shoot somewhere. Like, you know, mainly you pretty much want your, your staff to be in house. So it was really kind of a struggle to find that perfect fit for me. So I just decided, uh, you know, with my husband one day, like, Oh, I should just probably open my own place. <laughs> and, you know, then I could own my own schedule and, uh, and kind of make it exactly what I want it to be. Cause my, my career path was kind of different from a lot of career paths that are out there. I had a lot of different balls that I was juggling. Um, and I wanted to kind of tag into all that. So owning so a business in 2020 has been a wild ride. I can imagine. Um, and the pandemic definitely like we were talking about has affected makeup in so many ways. Um, I know in the thick of it, I was like, oh my God, I might never do makeup ever again. You know, like it, it had this real doomsday, um, feeling on just being a makeup artist, but being in the owner of a makeup studio, like how have you had to evolve things to stay afloat and uh, make this happen in such a crazy year? Yeah, it's, um, well, 2019 was my most successful year so far. Um, I hit so many amazing goals in 2019 that I thought 2020 was going to be like, here we go. Like we got this. Same. You know, all right. the <laughs> Feel <were> that. Ironed <laughs> out and <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's go. Um, so, you know, when, when the pandemic hit, you know, from March 13th for eight months, I was closed. Um, what? my eight makeup months? brushes didn't get picked up. And, uh, and, you know, a lot of that, um, the, the quiet moments in the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of people were, you know, you have to do this, you know, do virtual lessons. You got to go, 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 you know, recreate yourself. And I felt like everybody was doing that. And what I've learned in my past experiences is that when something hits you as hard as what we got hit with this year, sometimes, you know, for me, at least, um, you have to kind of sit back and understand what what we're going through and what lesson where are we learning right now? What is this experience about? Why am I being told that I have to sit down? Yeah. <laughs> I have to stop and pause. And so I really took um, the first couple months of this experience that we're in right now um, to really dial into the things that mattered, um, things that didn't matter anymore and, uh, and how I was going to move forward in a whole different way of doing what I've done for many years. And in a way that was kind of a breath of fresh air, like a silver lining in the, the horrible things that we're going through right now um, is that it gave me time to pause and, um, and reflect. So what I've you know done to stay afloat and, um, and evolve is just looking at things in a different way. Like how can we do things um virtually education, you know, connecting with my guests virtually, sending them care boxes of 
product and skincare so that they can do their facials at home. Um, I've actually helped a lot of people who are, were thinking of building small businesses that really wanted to open up this year, kind of navigate the waters of what to do and what not to do. Um, so I did take a lot of phone calls from from other people who own small businesses of like, okay, what are we going to do? Like, what are you doing? And what am I going to do? And how are we going to move forward in the most safest form that we can in this experience? Um, my studios are mainly focused in makeup and skincare and energy. So um, makeup and skincare, uh, you need to take a mask off for that. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, there, there's uh, not much you can do with a mask on unless you're just doing eyes. So, and it's important to wear a mask and um, I'm really strict on that in my studios. So we now have been able to kind of navigate those waters and, and create different protocols and different structures that way anybody that walks through the door feels confident and comfortable. Um, it's a level of trust with each other now. And I think that's, you know, really just what um, what I've put into to action in my studios to move forward. And then also um, things that we could educate without having to be in person. Like um, I brought in a new brand. She actually reached out to me in the beginning of the pandemic and asked me to become an educator for a brand. And it's, you know, instead of teaching people how to do makeup, I'm teaching them how to make makeup, which is mind blowing and so amazing. Cool. That yeah. is awesome. So really yeah. kind of, <laughs> kind of trying to dodge the potholes of 2020. Um, and, and just, you know, get, get through the work, the road. And I think one of the biggest things that I, um, got out of this year was taking the time to turn around and look at everything that I, myself and the team of people that have surrounded me um, have achieved in the past several years. I think we were moving so fast that, um, cause in this in industry you move fast, but yes. we didn't really have the time to turn around and be like, Oh wow, we did all that <laughs> and really just reflect on that and be grateful. I feel that mm -hmm. so much. And I know that you'll probably remember, Fawn, it was early on in the pandemic. We maybe had been closed for two or three weeks out here in Texas when you and I got together and just like had a FaceTime chat because we knew that we were both at home, you know, like not <laughs> doing anything. We weren't working. We weren't traveling. Um, and we hadn't talked in some years, you know, like not where we could see each other's faces anyway. And you yeah. are such an inspiration to me in your ability to let go and go with the flow. And at the time when I talked to you, like I was holding on so tight, like my control freak reflex was like kicking all over the place. And, um, you're just always such a calming, uh, force around all the people that you're around, but especially around me. And it's so indicative of why you're great at this, because when I'm with you, I feel like I'm okay. You know, like even when I'm not okay, I feel like I'm okay, you know, and that that has been steadying for me in the pandemic when we talked, but definitely like at big shows, um, runway shows where maybe I wasn't as comfortable, like when Fawn's there, I feel better about things. And I just see that you have that influence around people. And so it's no mistake that you made this big push towards energy work, you know, like you naturally have that, uh, feeling and that vibe around people. So how did you start your journey into energy work, um, and add this to kind of your toolbox of uh, the voodoo you do? Wow. Um, so 
I was introduced to energy work when getting my own energy sessions um, with a Reiki master. Um, but really what drove me towards um, becoming open to doing my energy work was a great friend, my best friend's mom, uh, Judy. Uh, she was a, a guest of mine and um, she would come in and get facials and, you know, she would leave saying that, wow, you know, I just feel amazing. Um, I just feel better than I ever have um, when I see you. And I was like, oh, thanks, Judy. That's really nice to say. But she was like, no, like, seriously, like something happens in your room. And um, I really, she was like, I really think that you need to to dive into this and maybe find out what that is. So a little story about Judy is Judy has, um, has gone through a lot of cancer treatment and she is uh, just a couple months out from remission. And nice. um, she just is just a true fighter and an amazing human being. So she kind of bought me a Reiki session with this master and made me go take it. And then was like, okay, now you're going to go train with her. Amazing. And, um, <laughs> and I was like, okay. Like, so she was like, like, you're doing this because I'm going to make you do it. And I'm like, all right, fine. Thank you. Whatever Judy, Judy gets, <laughs> wants, she gets. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so I went to this session with this lady and I was like, oh, I would love to train with you. And then she kind of just ghosted me. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, no. She never called me back. Okay. And I was just like, oh, like this is bizarre. And um, maybe I'm just not supposed to do it. You know, like yeah. I was like, I'll put put that to the back burner. And then I was like, no, yeah, I'm supposed to follow through with this. I kept on, it kept on coming up. So I um, started researching people in the area and up by my my first studio, which is in Moscow, Pennsylvania, um, there's this uh, pathways to inner healing like area um, business, and it's all about energy therapy. And this woman, Nora, there, she has been a therapist for gosh, so many years, and she is just like a wizard of information in the energy world and just in life in general. And uh, she kind of took me under her wing and. Um, made some opportunities to take classes and I've been training with her ever since. So I became, I've become a Reiki master. I trained in integrated energy therapy for humans and also for animals. And, um, and I'm not done yet. So I'm going to keep on going with this because every step towards understanding the gifts that has been given, um, is just going to open more people up to understanding and being aware of the present moment and understanding their own personal energy and just promoting healing and relaxation and wellness um, to the humans of this world. I think it's it's truly important and especially now more than ever um, that we get our energy in check. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, my experience with Reiki is honestly not a lot. And I hadn't even heard of it or even known about it until Laurie introduced me to it. I think I was pregnant, yeah, Laurie, the first were. time you ever, um, did a session with me and we've only honestly done it handful of a times, tiny yeah. handful of Two times, or three maybe. Yeah. but yeah, there are times when like, I'm so that my energy is just too much to handle that Laurie's like, sit down, <laughs> lay down, like, and she'll do a session. And, um, it just, it really blows my mind. And Laurie has also taught me that even as a hairstylist, just to like give people energy, this was a lot easier when I could actually give hand massages and right. touch people. Mm -hmm. But so now it's more like, um, at the shampoo bowl, 
you know, I just kind of take a minute to close my eyes and like try to feed good, positive energy into my guests, especially when I know they're having a rough time, which most people are obviously right yeah. now. So, um, I think that's so awesome. I mean, everybody I does energy work at a certain level, you right, know, like you yeah. can't separate yourself from yeah. it, but learning how to, um, channel it like that is really, like you said, it's a gift and, uh, something that, uh, that you're killing right now. And I'm so excited about uh, the shift to energy work more than anything else, because like you said, I think it's something that's so critical for humans uh, to get in touch with where their energy is at and how that uh, translates to your life in so many ways. Um, but you have taken that totally to a different level. Yeah. So <laughs> I want, I'm totally interested in this. I want you to Tell us how your work with animals began, um, the partnership with Awesome, and how it has turned into this um, special wave of good vibes on social media. So can you take us through that journey a little bit? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, it, you know, doing energy therapy really opened my eyes to like a totally new existence of what what I can do. And um and for me, it was really about understanding a lot of the energy that I like deal with on a daily basis. Um, there's, you know, there's times that my energy gets completely drained. Now I know how to help that from happening and, um, and just kind of protect myself from different energies that are out there. Um, so with the training that I've had, I've learned so much about the body structure and energy challenge channeling and, um, so at one point I said to the lady that's been training me, like, well, is there anything that we could do like on my dogs at home? Can like, can I do Reiki on my animals? And she was like, absolutely. And at that point I was doing integrated energy therapy um, training. So I was like, well, do, does IET like tap into that? So IET really focuses on these like pinpoints on the body, which um, you energize. And you kind of pull the negative energy out and you infuse and imprint positive energy and positive thoughts into these areas. Because in all these areas on your body is um, energies that get trapped from, uh, it could be from when you're a child, it could be from yesterday, it could be, you know, if you believe in past life, past lives. And it really, you know, focuses on your physical being, like so your body, your physical self, and then it goes out to your emotional being your mental being and your spiritual being. So we kind of cleanse that whole energy field that that's around you. So when I was talking about doing energy with animals, um, I was really focusing on my one dog that I have at home who gets very nervous and like she gets skittish. She kind of has anxiety. So I started doing it on her and I saw what a difference just like one session made with her. Aww. And I was like, I need to learn more about yes. this. So <laughs> I went and took this IET training for um, animals, which focuses mainly on dogs, cats, and horses. And um, I brought my little Peter dog in, in as the, the model for this class, and we did energy on him. And uh, he was just chill, and he relaxed down, and he was just a happy, happy little boy. And after I left this, I was like, okay, I could bring this into my studios or maybe I could do this outside of my home. But what I really thought of is like, what about the dogs that are like in the rescues? Like they kind of really need this. And like yes. the cats are in the rescues. Like some of them have been through horrible situations. Um, 
some of them just are confused on what's going on. Um, so I was like, I'm going to reach out to some of the rescues in my area and see if this is something that they might be up for. <laughs> and then I thought like what it would be on the other side, like for the rescue to hear what I would have to say to be like, you know, hi, my name is Fawn and I'm going to come in and do energy right. therapy <laughs> on your animal. <laughs> like, that might sound a little crazy to some. Like to me, it sounds totally perfect. But like, yeah. I was like, I'm probably not going to be able to do this. People are probably not going to understand what like, I'm right. They're like, um, this Fawn lady, um, <laughs> listen, we really just need someone to walk the dogs. Like that's really, <laughs> but you're like, no, no energy yeah. work. <laughs> that's what we'll do. Like, can you clean up the poop? We need you to clean up the poop. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but so um, I reached out to three of the shelters in my area and um, I was so excited. I'm like, all right, like we're going to do this. I was so nervous also to reach out because, you know, I really was passionate about doing it. And I really, I've always wanted to help in some way to the shelters. I've, I've loved animals since I can remember. Um, I'm so passionate about animals. And so I reached out to awesome and I sent them a message and they replied back in a couple of days and they were like, yeah, stop down, um, talk to this person and we'll see what, you know, what we can do. And so I was like, all right, that's cool. And then the other two shelters didn't reach back at all. And so I went to awesome and I stopped in and I'm thinking like, okay, I have to, you know, pretty much sell myself to explaining what energy therapy is, um, in order for them to be on board with it. And the woman that came out to talk to me was like, so, um, did you want to start today? Oh, like, do you want me to go get a dog for you? And I was like, what? <laughs> like, You're cool with this? And she's like, oh, absolutely. Like we understand what, what it is. And, you know, we think that it would be an amazing addition to, um, what we have going on here. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, the door just, just like completely that. opened. Yeah. And, um, I didn't start that day because I was like, I, I didn't, I didn't expect to start that day. So I wasn't prepared. Um, and so I started like two days later and on my social media, it really looks like I'm at the shelter every single day uh, yeah. because I post a lot and I check in there. Um, but I'm actually there probably about once a week and I spend a few hours there um, with their animals. And so Austin was really amazing in opening up and being, um, so amazing to like work with like the people there truly are passionate about the care of these animals and want to see them um, be well cared for and find great homes and um, the first dog I worked with his name was Duke and he um, he was I think like 10 or 12 years old I think his owner passed away he had like a busted hip so he walked with like a little like cowboy Oh, <laughs> and um he was just a really old man and I took a picture of him like a selfie with him and I sent it to my husband and because my husband also loves animals so it's amazing that I haven't come home with one yet I mean <laughs> um, you have a virtual farm <laughs> <laughs> but I sent so yeah like I sent him a picture and I was like this is Duke and I sent him a little video like this is Duke and he's amazing I'm doing my first energy session on him and um and I just got this idea of like, what if, what if I posted this on my social media? Like, I wonder if I could find somebody through my social media network um, that might be wanting to adopt him or medical foster him. And so I asked the shelter permission 
I was like, is it cool if I take some videos of what I'm doing and then post them? They're like, yeah, sure. No worries. Just tag us in it and, and we'll see what happens. And I warned everybody on my social media, like, hey, just so you guys know, there's going to be a ton of animal videos coming and um, a mixture of animals, my family life, and then my my makeup world. And uh, a lot of people are like, bring it on. Bring it <laughs> so, on. Um yeah, so then I started posting like these pictures and videos and and explaining what I was doing with the animals with energy therapy and um I was blown away by how many shares they got and how many views these videos had. Like it made me so happy for these animals because they were I was pretty much being their voice out there in the world. Yes. And showing them, you know, showing them not just in a kennel, showing them sitting next to me on a couch or on the floor playing, like just being dogs and um, cats. Well, I did find out with the cats that I shouldn't take them out to the, my little outbuilding. They really enjoy being in their little home. They want to stay there. Yeah. <laughs> so I would do the energy therapy in there. Um, but yeah, so it just started this beautiful thing uh, that that took off into so many different avenues. Um, and I'm very grateful for it because I, I definitely had like a kind of bad taste in my mouth about social media yeah. <laughs> and um, and c- from coming from a makeup artist point of view, like of what I have to put out there to kind of promote myself and, you know, yeah. be valued out there. Um, and so this kind of made me love social media again because it was for a great cause and so many of the animals get adopted. Fun. And I'm even starting a, a new campaign and I'll get into that in a second. Um, and I just never would have expected this happening just by working with animals, but it truly is a dream come true. Mm-hmm. And I see such a difference in, in how they calm down and this like kind of, you can see like a weight being lifted off to them. I imagine that has to be really an addictive thing to see the before and afters of their little faces. And just to, like you said, they've been through so much just to end up in that shelter, no matter how they got there, you know, is traumatic. And I have spoken on the show before, but I will say it to you directly now. Like your social media has been my life raft some days where I am like, oh my gosh, I am deactivating my Facebook, like forget about Instagram for all the reasons that you said and more, but that the little, the puppy faces and your sweet face and to see them like spring to life. Um, it is just everything about why social media should be around. Fawn and I are new social media (laughs) friends. I, I've been, well, I've been following your makeup page for a long, long time. But when Laurie brought up the energy work with animals, I was like, I had no idea she was doing this. And so I just now started, you know, following you with this, um, energy work journey on the animals, but I know I see those sweet little furry faces and it just, for every negative shitty post I see, it's like seeing the animals and the difference that you're making in their lives at the shelter just really like makes my heart explode. It's magic. Okay. Tell us about the new project. I want to hear. (laughs) Okay. So, um, I don't know if you guys know, but following my social media, there's one dog that I've been like ruthlessly trying to get 
find a home for. And his name is Ryder. Right. Yes. Ryder is. <laughs> yeah. So Ryder, um, there's a few dogs at the shelter that, um, and this happens to, in a lot of shelters out there that, you know, they, they start to kind of have a life there. Like they, you know, don't, they get looked over. They um, have special requirements. They're very complex um, to be adopted out. So Ryder has, is, been a longtime resident of of the shelter and he's surrounded in love and spoils at the shelter by the staff and the volunteers um but we all truly want more for him and uh he's been living there for four years he was dumped um in the area uh and came in and he has a a definitely a complex history um but he just needs to learn to trust you and So it took some months for me to be able to work with him. Um, I just couldn't just jump into an energy session with him as I do with some of the animals at the shelter. Um, But I built this relationship with him, started by walking with one of the staff members and just kind of getting us acquainted. And now it's to the point where if I show up at the shelter and he like smells me or hears me, like he's like perked up, like, is it my turn? Like when's my energy session? And I just like, oh, I fell in love with this dog. Um, Unfortunately, I'm personally not able to uh, adopt him because he has some complex requirements and we always want to put the animals in the best situation for their well-being. Of course. And so I, um, I'm i starting a, a GoFundMe to raise money. Um, I've gotten him accepted into a local sanctuary in Northeast Pennsylvania that is for dogs with his um, special requirements. Okay. And hopefully uh, I'm going to manifest those funds to be raised and um, then I'll go ahead and adopt him. And then immediately take him to his forever home at the sanctuary. Um, And so that's my new thing. And I would never have imagined January of this year that, you know, a few months later, what, you know, through the pandemic and my schedule changing and everything that I would fall in love with this, this little meatball of a dog (laughs) and, um, and just advocate, advocate for his, uh, his life, you know, I mean, he's, he's, happy at the shelter, but yeah. he deserves the home, right? Am I um, picturing it right? Is this like the grayish blue, like pit, yeah. pit bull looking dog maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely, oh, he's so, oh, he's he's so like beautiful. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's a he really beautiful dog. Balls. <laughs> well, I am yeah, all he's, in. He's, Let's get Ryder what he needs so he can. Uh, um, do you have a dollar amount like what is this going what to are we raising what are we raising oh yeah it's 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 a high dollar amount but um it goes for uh it's his entry fee at the sanctuary so it's seventeen thousand five hundred dollars right okay um, but with that <laughs> it's, it's a lot of money but uh with that he gets his own little house on 10 acres of property with this huge like back pen. Um, the owner of the sanctuary, uh, works one-on-one with these dogs. Um, they don't wear collars. They don't wear leashes. They get cooked food every single day. Like this man cooks steaks and uh, roasts and like chicken nuggets. (laughs) I mean, like these dogs are in heaven. And, um, a lot of these dogs were that he, um, rescues up at the sanctuary were dogs that were going to be either euthanized or, you know, their families couldn't take care of them. Um, some have medical conditions, some are on hospice. So he really, um, really puts his heart into it. 
at the sanctuary. And I've talked to him many times and I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I would really love to see about getting him placed up there. And he was like, yeah, like, let's, let's do it. He's more than welcome here. Um, so I'm going to try to raise the money and, uh, it's a nonprofit. So it's going towards an amazing, um, amazing place. And it's not just like, you know, the money is just being used, um, for, you know, a paycheck or anything like that. The money goes towards building these places and a safe haven for these animals. Well, we are all so about excited. Uh, yeah, getting so involved great. and helping fundraise for Ryder because yeah. um, that sounds like a perfect opportunity for him. So Yeah, and I mean, it opens the door for Ryder, but I think like, you know, um, in the future when, you know, Ryder passes on, it opens the door for many other dogs to be able to save up there too. Right. Yeah. Well, and just the impact that you can make on all of these little lives because you were called to uh, to go out and make a difference. I know that when I first heard about you doing this, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to do the same thing out here in Texas. It is really interesting how not easy it is to find a shelter that will let you come in and do energy work on the animals. I am not as persistent as I should be. I need to pick it back up and, you know, like keep looking into other avenues, but I got a lot of closed doors um, to that mainly, you know, I just think because they were struggling to stay afloat this year. And then so many animals got adopted out during the pandemic and they're now starting to come back into, you know, like Mm -hmm. the system. And so it's all in, you know, my family has had a large dog rescue for a number of years in Southern Oklahoma. And, um, like you said, just taking the animals that are due to be euthanized and giving them a place, you know, like where they can live. But there's a lot of dogs with special needs that really can't be adopted out. They have to stay somewhere with people who are attuned mm-hmm. to those special needs and that can care for them in the ways that they need to be. But that that is an expensive prospect. And even just the small family shelter that we have, you know, like that's run off of a handful of donations and then just us putting money into it to take care of these dogs that nobody else has been able to take care of. So, um, it's a beautiful cause and we are so grateful that you're out there doing that good work for those babies and want to help out however we can. Um, I want oh, yeah, to talk, my... go ahead. <laughs> No, I was just saying my heart is just for them. Like I've, uh, you know, you know me, like if I had so many acres, I would just fill it with animals and that would be my life. I mean, <laughs> like, per square like foot. I five dogs yeah. Right now. <laughs> you have a lot. <laughs> I love it. So life, uh, throws curveballs sometimes at you and, uh, you have a really unique healing journey of your own. Uh, that's so inspiring to me. And uh, especially now that you have committed so much of your time to healing other people and animals and spirits, I wondered if you might share with us a little bit of your own healing journey. Oh, yeah. Uh, Curveball is right. (laughs) Um, So about like, I think it's almost five years ago, I um, was thrown a curveball in life. I was probably like, uh, I was moving pretty fast in my career. And I had just opened my studio. It was an open, my first studio was open for a month when I was involved in as a passenger in a car accident that, uh, landed me on my ass for a very long time. Um, from this accident, I had a traumatic brain injury damage to my neck and my back. Um, it was, uh, definitely, a, a wake up call. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to kind of adjust my, my lifestyle, um, my career path, uh, everything towards it to be able to heal, um, and get stronger. So, you know, there was a lot of 
health challenges that I had um, in the beginning and, you know, still, still am balancing right now, um, such as post-traumatic stress, uh, chronic pain. I had numbness in my hands and my feet, um, major panic attacks. Uh, traveling was like so hard to do. And that's what I primarily did. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, I was going to say, so <laughs> when this happened, like you were, you opened your first studio, but you were all obviously like also traveling a road, lot, yeah. like coast to coast working with, from what I understand, like all these amazing designers and your career was blowing up. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. you had to take a, a seat for a minute. Yeah. Um, you know, the, there is a flow to life and the universe definitely has a plan for you. And, um, and I, I understood that I had to kind of sit back and heal. So, um, I was trying to figure out like, all right, so here I was, I opened the studio. Um, I was traveling all over. The reason I opened the studio was so I could travel so I could own my own schedule. So, um, when I was, you know, understanding that I wouldn't be able to be on a plane every week. Um, when I understood that I couldn't run from flight to flight in an airport anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, when I couldn't get into a car with a taxi person or an Uber driver, because I couldn't physically be a passenger in a vehicle. Um, all these things that were like my system, my routine to my like well choreographed dance of, of my career had to change and be adjusted. Um, so I sat with it. Um, I did a lot of healing, um, like holistic work. I got an amazing, you know, team of doctors that really listened to me. I think that's been one of the most important things when you are trying to heal is to find people that are going to listen to you and um, that will really um, follow follow your path of healing. So I did a lot of different kinds of treatments, um, stayed away from painkillers and everything like that. Um, and really kind of opened my eyes. And I really think that that's what drove me towards energy too, is like learning that there's so many ways that you can integrate energy and um, wellness into like medicine world also to kind of work them together. But um, so when I decided like, okay, I can't be on the plane all the time and um, I can't do kind of the schedule that I was doing before, I came up with this crazy idea to open a second studio. <laughs> um, yeah. And I remember a bunch of my friends and even my husband were like, um, are you sure talk that about this. this is something that you want to be doing? And, um, and I was like, I really think that this is going to work. Like I'm just going to figure it out because the best place for me to heal my brain was in like a, a dark, quiet, calm place. Sure. So doing treatments and everything like that would be the perfect um, environment for me to be in. And so I opened my second studio and uh, and kind of just re re choreographed the dance of my life. And it uh, it was definitely a learning experience. It was terrifying. Um, I have to thank you know the people that were around me, my family, my doctors, my friends, and then also my, um, my team, you know, they're not my team, but the people that work with me, you know, people yeah. say it's my team, but really these are just artists that have, we've all kind of navigated towards each other and, um, we do a lot of things together. So having a great crew of people across the country, um, I was able to, you know, step out of some of these opportunities and, and hand them over to people that have been working with me for a long time. 
and give them amazing opportunities to grow. And um, a few of them would be like, oh, you know, I'm really, I I don't know. (laughs) Like, are you sure you want me to do this? And I'm like, you're ready. Like you can do this. (laughs) And um, just to see how that helped grow people was quite amazing. Um, One person in general, uh, my, she was my assistant, but she is now like my partner in shine. Um, Marina was truly a godsend. Um, She had gone through an accident of kind of the same situation um, in previous years. So like I was able to kind of be very vulnerable in our space together. And she helped me so much um, being able to pull off shows, uh, you know, being able to navigate my kit when I couldn't pick it up. (laughs) There was even a time where um, like I was in a hallway where the, it was almost like paparazzi. A lot of pictures were being taken and the flash like would give me sensory overload because of brain injury. Um, So the team would kind of sneak up and just stand next to me. So that way I wouldn't like fall over. It was just amazing what, what they did and in very a quiet way um, to help me get through that process. I think that that's beautiful in so many ways. One, it sounds like you advocated for yourself as far as your care with, um, how you moved forward with doctors, um, and you made the right choice that was for you, you know, with the pain management is what I'm hearing. Um, and the people you surround yourself with your tribe and taking your badass exploding career and making it adjust and work to this new way of life that you had to do is so inspiring lady. I, I wish that I could say if I were in your shoes that I would have listened to my body the way that you had to listen to your body in order to move through that experience with grace, because I can say with all certainty, like it's so inspiring to me to hear you tell that story and know that like within myself, I need to listen and follow through more, you know, like that I need to not push myself through, you know, and we've talked about that a lot on this podcast that just because you can, doesn't mean that you should. And sometimes (laughs) if you can't, you need to stop and you need to reevaluate. And it's a really fantastic story. Um, and I super appreciate you sharing it with us because I know that that was hard. Um, but you did it beautifully. Yeah. Oh, thank you. It it did bring up a memory. Um, I remember being in the hospital after the accident and um, it was like a weekend and Monday morning I was supposed to be on a flight to go do this huge presentation in Colorado. And I was telling my husband, my friends and my mom, like, like, listen, I'm going to be on the plane on Monday. Like, you got to get this through your head. Like, I'm going, I'm going to go do this. And they're like, no, you're not getting on a plane. Like. <laughs> You're, you have to sit down and you're not going to work for a while. And it really was like taking that hustle mode that I was so, it was so instilled in me and just kind of be like quieting it down and being like, okay, this is, this is what we have to uh, focus on right now. And that truly did get me into a better place and, and also gave um, this amazing story to share with others um, to help them on their healing journey and just kind of be a, a you know, a shoulder for people that need it out there. Totally. Um, so if you were to give some advice to a 22 year old fawn, what, what would you tell her today in all of your <laughs> infinite wisdom? Like, uh, what kind of good stuff would you share with 22 year old fawn? Mm, wow. Um, 
uh, not to worry so much about what people think. You know, uh, I think that she should definitely just own herself a little bit more. Um, that one day the childhood pound puppy wish that you always wanted will actually come true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I loved pound puppy. Yeah. Love pound puppies. Um, <laughs> my nephew actually just brought me one the other day and I was oh. like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, what spawns my addiction to animals. He knew. <laughs> um and I truly would tell her that, you know, the challenges and experiences that you're going to go through on your journey will just be like breaking ground for you to build a strong structure. And and from that strong structure, you're going to become something that's a beacon of life, a light and hope for others. And I think that's truly, you know, what, what you're here for. And um, it might take you many years to figure out what you're here for, but when you open it up your mind to that... Um, you see things with 2020 vision. Oh. No pun intended. <laughs> but um, Amen, lady. I think that you put it so beautifully and um, we honor you and celebrate you here at the Badass Ladies Club. Thank you so much. Yes. So everybody get on the episode notes. We're going to have all the links to Fawn's multiple businesses and all of her pursuits with these beautiful animals and these beautiful people that she's helping to love on and heal. Um, Fawn, keep doing the work, girl. You are changing the world for so many beings and um we just super love you and appreciate you coming on today carry on badass oh, i love you guys too <laughs> thank you so much for having me on and many blessings to everything that you're doing oh right thank you lady thanks, all right badasses uh-huh. uh thanks so much for listening today Go out and uh, carry on doing beautiful things in the world. We want to hear all about what you think about Fawn Monique and her badass makeup work and her great work in energy healing. If you want to know more about energy healing, you can check her out at Fawn Monique. Later, guys. Later. Later.